Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Oh, we are live. Huh? Are we? Hello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi there, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm eating haagen You're eating haagen I'm yelling about internet companies. Daniel's I'm trying to get on white. Twitch. Yeah, Dan- uh, we Dan- are on Twitch. Dan- and we are back. Daniel's in the Batcave. I'm in like an old detective movie. And Alex you- is just hit like throwing himself in his bedroom because he's so sad. Yeah, I feel really bad. Mm. Not gonna lie. First off, um, if you are still here with us, thank you very, very much. We know last stream and this one, if we can call it today a stream, has been um a mess uh though trust me we are trying to fix it we will fix it and we'll have this off the ground um but today for the rest of this stream we're gonna do a mini version of the podcast because as the title of this channel suggests we are the two-on-one podcast and that's what we do and guys well how else do we open this besides saying that the world juniors are in full force Canada is taking on Russia right now, actually, in their pre-tournament game. It's 0-0 through the second. Canada just whipped on another power play. But, guys, World Juniors in the air. How are we feeling, Alex? Other than the fact that my internet's been uh, interesting, I feel pretty – I'm happy hockey's back. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been a while. Has it? It, Yes. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. It, here's the thing. It ended. When did the season end? October. Mm-hmm. It's honestly felt like half a year. You know what's and funny? It, when it ended, remember when we had that temptation to say, "Man, we got to bring back bizarre adventures." Yeah. I wonder how many people in chat know what that means when we mentioned that. So bizarre um, adventures are when <laughs> we started doing random. TV movie reviews that that was a fun time though yeah. that was it when was. yeah the uncertainties Sorry, of COVID which there are a lot of uncertainties still but in terms of what the leagues were gonna do I remember when we thought nothing was coming back but we got to the review Rise of Skywalker yeah we did you know what After, you two uh... sorry Alex but you, you two. <laughs> You, you kind of set something up here perfectly. Alex, you're happy that hockey is back. Yeah. Daniel has talked about uncertainty. There's been a flood of news in the NHL, actually, today especially. Um, some sightings which we can get to later. But the big news is the schedule came out. What's funny about that is we don't actually still know where a lot of players, sorry, teams are playing, including the Canadian teams, uh, which is a mess. I mean, honestly, the Canadians don't even don't even have a home game till the end of January, but we don't even know if they're going to the Bell Center. The Canadians are in Toronto to open the season, January 13th, 
we don't know if we're going to be in Scotiabank Arena. So it's a very, um, I don't know how to feel. I was excited, but bringing myself, you know, down to earth a bit, it's, I don't really know what to expect over the next few weeks. A lot of uh, science talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to, uh, yeah, sanitizing this part of the room in 20 minute intervals and it won't be fun. A lot of things that we don't really understand. Before I think that's we, fair. Yeah. Before we move forward, I'd just like to say I hope everything is well with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. The Rockets right now, we don't know all the details, but things are going to be inconclusive right now. But they don't have the NBA limit of eight players to play their game today, their season opener. So that's postponed. Um, I think it has to do with COVID tests, but just hoping all is well with that. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. A sign of uh, things to come. Hopefully, the NHL looks at this and kind of knows how to move around this. I know it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a long season for both leagues, but you know, again, like we said, the uncertainties of COVID. And, and I guess just to speak on that, and I think it's something we've actually talked about a whole lot on on the podcast is there's a lot of a lot lies on the players, and I and I know it's a weird thing to say, but there are rules to follow, right? Like the leagues have, have designed these rules um, to, for their safety, whether you agree with them or not, these are the rules that they the league, the, the provinces, the States have decided to run by. And I think it's important to remember that if they do not run by them, it will be shut down. Like, I don't think Doug Ford, I don't think, um, the premier of Quebec, I don't think the premier of BC care about the NHL. No. Uh, no, they have a province to look after. Um, right. And I mean, one day it's the one barbecue place that's not closing down. The next day it's a COVID app thing at a school. I mean, it is, you know what, guys with carbon fiber sticks shooting little pieces of metal at each other, uh, rubber, sorry, at each other, don't they don't matter. Um, but you know what? It does to a certain extent to us. Talking about the schedule, though, the Canadians and the Leafs, the two teams we really care about on this show, they will face each other 10 times this upcoming season, including three straight times to end the year. Uh, you talk about rivalries? Uh, hello there. It feels like now, baseball. It does, yeah. yeah. You're a big baseball guy, aren't you? So, you must with my Raptors hat. Yeah. Yeah, with the... With the, with the <laughs> The T-Rex in the background, the Joker card. But um, mm-hmm. beside that, well, the Battle of Alberta, my dear God, we're going to get that a bunch this season. Um, I believe also there will be a three-game series towards the end of the season with the Leafs and the Oilers. Uh, say what you want about the Oilers, Alex, but seeing McDavid and Matthews go head-to-head, yes. oh, that must be yummy, like this haagen <laughs> Hopefully we'll get that product placement. That yeah. was... <laughs> that was straight product placement. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Green Powerade. It's the best one. I'm going to take so a sip of my is, Nestle Adam, water. The thing is, we couldn't actually see it that it was green because you're black and white. So That is a very, very good point. That's a yeah, like very, in, very In good old point. movies, it's like, let's drink this blue water. How do you know it's blue? I, <laughs> is water blue? What? Is it? Did I just blow your mind? No, it's clear. Yeah, I used the clear clear? pencil crayon when I was a kid. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, um, 
of all the schedules and the new divisions that we've seen, do you two have a um, maybe a favorite or like a rivalry you're really looking forward to? Like we we've talked about the fact that Colorado and Vegas are in the division now, and they're going to play each other a bunch of times. Do you have any other rivalries that you guys are looking forward to? Starting with you, Batman. I mean, Daniel. <laughs> um, I think I've mentioned it before, and I think I'm just going to keep it with the whole regionalism thing of what I really grew up with. So that's, you know, the Battle of Ontario between Ottawa and Toronto, seeing more of that, that, you know, the Sens are still not going to be the best. They're still going to be a rebuilding team, but, you know, there's hope there. There's there's competition there. There's the talent that's developing there, and then the Leafs are where they at, where they want to win now, but it's still going to be exciting. It's not going to just be those lopsided kind of games that we've seen in the past. And a big thing for me now too is, and this goes for my EA Sports nostalgia of the old NHL games. But seeing, I remember when the comment the commentary would 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 be different when it was Montreal against the Toronto, when they would hype it up where you know it's the battle between French and English Canada, and I want to see that again. I love that there's going to be ten games between them because. I kind of feel that when the Sens became a contender in the mid 2000s, it moved away from that whole thing between Montreal and Toronto. But like historically, that's been the biggest thing, and I'm I'm happy that that's going to be back, especially the way the Canadians have been built in this off season. Yeah, um, heavy. There's going to be a, a fun mix of Montreal, as you have their speed that they have, and they've added a lot of toughness and grit to the back end. Um, yeah, and and not to mention the Sens who always played the Canadians very well. And not to mention at the center of all that, Brady Kachuk. Alex, what about you? Rivalries you're looking forward to. I, I hope this isn't cheesy. And I hope, and I know it's extremely biased, but it, I feel like I have to pick Toronto and Montreal because I, I was thinking about it today. And I was having a conversation with someone about the uh, Canadian division. In the Canadian division, there is a lot of young up and coming teams who play a lot, a very similar style, fast offensive pace, but there's one team in there who kind of breaks the mold a little bit. They're young kind of, they have up and coming, up and coming rookies, but they have grit. They have veterans and that's Montreal. Mm. And I think in my opinion, they are going to be the Leafs' toughest challenge in that division because the Oilers, what what are the Oilers? The Oilers are fast, offensive team. And without their best defenseman for the season. Right. The Jets, fast, offensive team. The Sens, okay. <laughs> the Canucks, fast, offensive team. The Flames, okay. Like, I still think, you know, you lost Brody. We don't know if Hamannick's coming back. Obviously, there's interest from both the Canucks and the Flames, but fast, offensive team, kind of. Hmm. Montreal is the outlier here. Like, yes, they are fast. They, they, are fa- they have fast guys. They, play, they can play a fast-paced game, but they're different. And I think... That's why Montreal and Toronto is going to be really good because it's going to be, it's going to push Toronto to the limits. Mm-hmm. There's that balance there on Montreal that I think 
you know, we've talked about before, Adam, when, you know, we, we first met about that whole putting guys where they shouldn't be in the lineup. But now suddenly you see on those wings that there's going to be a lot more competition. There's going to be a lot more push for these guys to want to get those minutes because these guys want to play on the top six. Yeah. There's the competition's a really, really good point. It was, it, I can't, I remember not that long ago, it was David Dayarnay in the top six. Now it's, it's honestly going to be Suzuki and Kakinemi out for Philip Deneau's spot. Paul Byron's going to be a vet looking at all these young guys coming in. He's going to be fighting for a spot. Of course, as well, Deneau and Tatar need new contracts there. And those are two very important players in Montreal. They're going to be fighting and playing hard. It's it's going to be it's definitely going to be a great ten games between those two teams. I'm going to go to the West here, um, and I mentioned it, but I'll just say it because you guys know I am the biggest fan of Nathan McKinnon on this podcast. What? There was what? there was uh, I think it was either Pete Blackburn or Dmitry Filipovich said that it is so not fair that Colorado is in the same division as Arizona because Arizona are going to get destroyed. McKinnon's going 100 points in the shortened season because he gets to go against Col- um, Arizona. Sorry, it's yeah. going to be a bloodbath, and I am so ready for it. Especially games. I hope that they both use their retro jerseys at the same time, and we get the Nordiques versus like that nice purple Kachina. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. While we're still kind of on Canadian stuff, we mentioned it. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum is officially ruled out for the season. He'll be back for the 2021-2022 season. But uh, this is the worst-case scenario for the Oilers. Honestly, um, without him on the back end, yeah, you got Darnell Nurse. You got Tyson Berry, but this is the backbone of the Oilers' defense. That is just God, Alex. Just out of here. And they don't have Ethan Bear signed. Um, Nope. Their their big addition to their defense was Tyson Berry, and I mean we all watch Toronto games, right? Do like do I really? I'm not, and and I want to be clear because I feel like every time we talk about Tyson Berry, it's so negative. It's not that Tyson Berry isn't a good player. Like if you go back and listen to the podcast, I think when he first uh, got traded to Toronto. I was excited because I think he's the type of guy that fits the system, but he didn't fit Mike Babcock's Mike Babcock's system and where he wanted, where he wanted him to play. Um, And I, and I'm, I don't want to make that. I want to blame it on Mike Babcock. It's not what Toronto needed. It was clear. They needed TJ Brody. They didn't get him. And now they got him. And that was not not lack of trying. That was Kadri stopped that deal from actually happening. Right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. which is you know his trade protection, his right as well. We're not bad. Yeah. He earned it. No. Yeah. 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 He he obviously did. But Daniel, you're going on here too because if there's if there's sir to send it to you, I mean, the Oilers if they needed anything, yeah, we go on about wingers. But if Cassian works out with McDavid, great. You can figure it out for now. That's um that's that's duct tape. But missing out on one of that team's top six defensemen, mm-hmm. it's almost a death sentence. You know what's funny? When you mentioned the defenseman, you never said Adam Larson. And peace, I, there's a few reasons for that. He's a decent player. But yeah, big thing. I think that when we think about 
the Oilers, if you think of their defense, you know, we think Oscar Clefbaum and, you know, I think Darnell Nurse is a bit underrated as well. But at the same time, like, it's, it's a, it's a, what do I say? Like, it's a setup where it already had a lot of holes there. It already was something that, you know, you need to kind of improve on it when healthy, when everyone is signed. And now, like, suddenly they're going to start the season, you know, maybe they're going to get Ethan Bear signed. Before all of this, I think there's a desperation now to do this, but to not have Oscar, Oscar Clefbaum, like who is really your best defenseman that you've developed over the years, like that is just something where when we think on the Oilers, where you know they want to keep making that next step in the McDavid Dreisaitl era, it's just I I don't see they've done much to really move forward, and you know I've commented that I'm on getting Cal Turris, but you know, that's not enough. Just, just sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but we do think about Adam Larson, Daniel, just not <laughs> the reason that you think. Yeah. Yeah. Just remember, sorry for the sound. It's my chair. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. no, no, it's the chair. Um, I thought it was your cat. No, 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 no. It's the chair. Um, remember when he got traded for Taylor Hall one for one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, actually, because I was crying that Subban had just been traded. Oh. Adam's like nothing else matters. That was the most eventful hour. Think about think about this. That is the most eventful hour in NHL history. Yeah, that's nothing in the NBA. No, that's it's nothing. Not. Oh. That's, no, that's that's Thursday in the, in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, right. how little how little the NHL is. Let's remember. Ah, uh, you know that trade's kind of worked out for Montreal, but it still it still hurts to think back of that day. It really does. Um, though there have been some signings today. Um, you know, talk about Ethan Bear. There has been word the insider trading guys were talking about guys like Dubois and Barzell. It's expected that they're with the season sort of sit looking like that we are coming back. That those negotiations are picking up. Uh, I, I figure to say that that might probably happen with Ethan Bear. Uh, though with signings, of course, we focus on the Leafs, we focus on the Habs. The Canadians made a signing today. I did not see it coming. They signed former Flame and Buffalo Sabre, Mikhail Frolik, <laughs> to a one-year $750,000 contract. Uh, he is most likely, looking at the depth chart, a 13th, 14th forward. And what the Canadians get here is a smart player and a penalty killer and not much else. To be honest here. Uh, question. Because I saw it. I saw the signing this morning and I'm like, is he, is he going to be in your starting lineup or is he taxi squad? I think he's a scratch. I don't know if he's because I was. Yes, do we have our, because we were going to record a little later. Do all of us have our taxi squad projections or no? I can come up for the Leafs. I can come uh, up with it. Okay, come up with it. All right. Because like I, I, for those of you who don't know, on my YouTube channel, I did a video today where I kind of predicted what Montreal's roster was going to look like, their lines. Mm-hmm. So for like my taxi squad, uh, if I can just quickly find where the hell I put it, like I had guys like, like my scratch guys were like Mete, Jordan Wheel, and then I had Froleek out of there, right? Because like looking at the guys who else Montreal could bring in, Forward-wise, it's like it's Ryan Paling or like Alex Belzeal, or you mm-hmm. go on to a guy like Joseph Blandisi. So I, I think depth-wise, he's not going to be in the starting lineup at all. I don't think so. 
so he's he's much more of a a I think he's scrying off his taxi squad, but I I could see him being. You know what? Um, you have that opening night roster, and there's the guys on the bench, and it's like, yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, that's all he's gonna be, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it was weird, Daniel. I don't know what your first reaction. Mine was like, oh, okay, me call for a league. I'll take it. It, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I. Yeah. I actually like the signing. Um, yeah. Getting to know him, not know him personally, <laughs> getting to know him throughout the years in his career, where he was drafted as a you know a pretty a pretty solid scorer when the Panthers took him tenth overall in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. and you know he didn't really have that expectation when he got traded to Chicago for Jack Skilly. But what I liked about Frolik was he adapted his game. He became like one of Chicago's best um, penalty killers for two of their cup runs and. You know, he gets paid in Calgary and then he goes to the Sabres and he's been decent, you know, for 750000 Like, that's a pretty good signing, I think, that Montreal can make. He's probably going to be in the taxi squad, but I would feel comfortable if, you know, he gets onto that right side. I know that he was drafted as a center. He's played it previously. So he's, he's that type of guy that, you know, you could really fit him anywhere, or even if he's in, like, the second line, you know, it exigian circumstance. I'm still comfortable with Michael Froelich being there. It also speaks wonders to what the Canadians' depth is like all of a sudden at forward, that he might have been in the top six if an injury happened last year. But nowadays, it's like, no, he's a fourth liner. And, you know, it, it, the center point is good because this would be Jake Evans' first sort of full year as a chance. So behind him all of a sudden, there is Jordan Wheel who will be able to play the wing as well. Not starting lineup, I don't think, but but Froelich will be there as well. Um, he is – I've always – when I looked at Froelich, I was like, mm. I always had that this sort of spark in my head because there was the stuff about how he didn't like being played, the way he was utilizing Calgary. And then he got sent to Buffalo, and it's like, well, how do I know how good this guy is? He plays in Buffalo. They're garbage. What do <laughs> Remember I do the here? good years Yeah, in Chicago. Uh, by the way, it's funny you mentioned that. You always look for connections – um, Mark Bergevin was assistant GM in Chicago for mm. Froelich. So that's probably the sort of connection there. He probably has some guys where he, he knows what this guy's about. And apparently he actually spends a lot of time in Quebec, does oh. Mikael Froelich. So that's a, that's a little thing you like to see there. Um, your boy, Mackenzie Blackwood, Alex, has extended. There we go. There we go. In New Jersey, a three-year deal with an AAV of 2.8. That's worth $8.4 million. Mm-hmm. A really good piece of business for the Devils. Can I be honest? Yeah. <laughs> I read the I read the press release. I read contract of 8.4. I go, holy crap, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I didn't realize that was his total contract until I read further. I He's like the future. him, just not that much. Point four. The jersey has to hit the cap floor. Are you guys insane? Hey, you like him. But good for good for New Jersey because he yeah. is one of the sole bright spots that team had last year. They must have watched the first video because I think we signed him to a three-year contract. So. Yeah. I think, I They're think watching our stream to know, like, okay, what is the actual, like, dollar value for these guys? Yeah, then they tuned in this week and they're like, what's going on? We're just talking about it. We're, we're visualizing it. We're not actually playing it. Yeah. Unfortunately. I just yeah. noticed that Daniel's background actually has, I can, I can see Batman. I don't know if that's Alfred or one of the Robins. I think it's Alfred, mm-hmm. but that's cool. 
Um, but do, do you have a word on Blackwood, Alex? You're his biggest fan. I really like. I really like that deal for team and for player. I think, you know, we we we've looked at his stats how many times, especially especially the last two years. Like even in eighteen nineteen, he played twenty three games. He still had a nine eighteen save percentage. Like it's not like the guy was awful or bad. Like you look at the team in front of him. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, like that's not a great team. Like we all thought it was going to be, myself included, but. It didn't turn out to be uh, obviously PK is not the same PK that he was. Nikita Gusev maybe wasn't as impactful as we all thought he was going to be. Um, so it's unfortunate, but I think for for the team wise, I think he'll still be an RFA. Yeah, he'll still be an RFA once he expires. So they'll still have his rights and and Corey Crawford's going to be part of this team. I think for the next at least two years. I signed a two-year deal. Mm. That's great for him. Yeah. I know it's still too early to say, based on the numbers, that he is Martin Broder 2.0. I know you guys oh are going to talk about down. it. Let's calm but, down But um, what down. I liked about it was I really liked the signing. You know, he has the real junior pedigree that we've always touted. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, bright, yeah, bright spot for New Jersey that, you know, they finally get a goalie. Well, I mean, Corey Schneider was kind of thrown to the fire in his prime, but, you know, the Devils finally develop a goalie for, like, the first time since, like, the 1990 draft when they took Broder 20th overall. Like, I cannot think of any other goalie. I mean, right. I guess Scott Clemenson. Remember That's him? Good. Throughout the years. No. But other than that, like, it's a pretty great time for the Devils where they could finally say, like, you know, we potentially have a goalie for the future. And, you know, we're not just going to throw him into the fire. Corey, like what you said, Corey Crawford for those two years, that's a guy that such a solid signing that, you know, again, it's unfortunate, didn't work out for Henrik Lundqvist and we wish him the best. But those were the two goalie signings that I felt that those were perfect fits for those veteran free agents. And, and I think we gave, and I gave Corey Crawford a lot of crap it, it, for him in Chicago, but like he did put up some pretty decent numbers for playing in front of for playing behind what he had to play behind. He was, was he was, sentence. he was doing his best when, um, right. Like he was a big part of the Oilers losing, uh, losing. at the same time, the Oilers kind of did it themselves. And yeah. Crawford was trying his damnedest against Vegas, but Chicago were just so clearly outmatched. Um, Minnesota uh, do a pair of signings. They bring back Mikhail Grandlin, $3.7 million. Nashville. Was, you mean Nashville? This, who did I say? Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. uh, I'm thinking they brought him back. No, the Nashville <laughs> brings him back. Mikhail Grandlin, one year, 3.75 in this in this uh, economy is really good. They also bring in so a pair of center slash right wingers for a team that need top six center, and that is the red flag. They also bring in Eric Howla, one year, 1.75. Alex, what do you make of this pair of signings for the immortally I, mediocre uh, Nashville Predators. I like both. Both. Um, what was the the thing with this team is they their offense. Uh, clearly, their defense was spectacular. Um, their goaltending. The UC Soros had an off year. They draft the the man, the myth, the legend himself, Yaroslav Askarov, who is currently playing for Team Russia. Currently, um, is not allowed to goal either. There we go. That's how it's done from Yaroslav Askarov. Um, They needed to add something. You know, 
they lost Grandland a couple of years ago when they traded him, right? Mike, which, yeah. which one? No, they 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 lost him this year. I'm wrong. Yeah, they Kevin lost him Fiala. For a few yeah. They lost him for a few months, uh-huh. but they they lost him and then they brought him back. Yeah, which they I did. guess is a good thing. And they needed a center. I know Grandland is not technically a, always played center, but he can. How Eric Howla is a center, which is good. Like he's not a top six center, unfortunately. Um, but they've tr- they can't clearly get a top six center because they've tried too many times. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny, Daniel, that I would not be surprised if either of these two players had a career here above Duchesne or Johansson? Yeah, I mean, I mean that because I, you know, you guys know I've sung the praises of Granlin before on this podcast. I love his two way yeah. game. But it's just, it's also, Daniel, it's a hit to Vegas because they were rumored to have wanted to bring Howla back. Yeah, um, that's pretty surprising. Before I get to those two signings, by the way, I like you, I have some I have some breaking I, news. I know what you're going to break. I know what you're going to break. What's Anaheim Ducks have re-signed Ryan <laughs> Miller to a one-year contract worth $1 million in base salary. They did it. They brought him back. Well, it makes sense because something we haven't mentioned, I think we forgot to bring this up last episode, actually. Because teams are required to carry three goalies with them this season. Mm -hmm. One will be in the taxi squad, obviously. And it was going to open up a lot of their jobs. So it makes sense they brought Ryan Ryan Miller back. I think Jimmy Howard might have a job this year. Yes. Let's go. Before I get to to Nashville, uh, the only thing I just was – yeah, it was pretty good because, you know, Lucas Doss still, like, you know, the number one of their number one goalie prospects is developing into, like, really one of the best goalie prospects and I didn't want them to rush him based on the projections of how the taxi squad was because the Ducks have been really kind of doing nothing when it comes to signing so you know the fact that Ryan Miller's back and they don't only have to just use Anthony Stolarz behind John Gibson is I'm pretty confident with that um, but yes now moving on to Nashville I think it was great I think the fact that they gave up Kevin Fiala to Michael Grunland for Mikael Grunland was something that you know you had to either trade the guy or bring him back because that's such a huge loss of value right there um it's again i think these two signings instills confidence in nashville you know we looked at them where they said you know we we thought about pecorine where it's the end of the road for this squad and to bring back grunland and to bring someone like eric Halla, who is someone that you know hypothetically would be added to a contending team means that they're confident in rolling it back and not just because financially they have to, but the fact that they're not going to tear it down They're They still have confidence in a lot of their signings, a lot of their forwards and what their defense provides. Don't you think they have to run it back? Like, yeah. When you have a defense like that and, and, you know, look at Minnesota, like Minnesota's in a, in an awful situation because they have like, they have a really good decor. Like, yes, Ryan's Ryan Suter's not, he's on the back end of his career, but he's still a decent defenseman. Dumba, Brodeen. I'm, I know I'm missing a guy. Brad Hunt. Right. Person like they have, Oh, Jake Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. yeah. Like they have these guys who are, who are pretty good and they're trying to be bad. Yeah, or are they? I don't know. Think, like <laughs> we, we think, think they're we think, trying. Yeah. Like they've made <laughs> we don't moves know. that it seems like they're trying to be bad. Whereas Nashville's in a in a situation where they've been trying to be good. You spend sixty four or sixty four million on uh, Ryan Johansson. You spend like forty eight on Matt Duchesne, if I can do math correctly in my head. 
Um, you know, you have to like you just signed Roman Yossi to a contract extension. Ekholm's going to be up in two years. If if you get to a point Ekholm's not re-signing, and I think they just signed Ryan Ellis too. Like, what do you do? Like, you're you're very stuck in that situation where you have multiple defensemen, quality defensemen, stuck. Not stuck. They are signed to long-term deals. And no one... Like the LA Kings. Yeah. How many people are... Yossi's incredible, but how many people are willing to take that deal? It's the same with Petrangelo. That's going to be awful on the back end of it. I am fascinated to know what the league is going to look like in five years with some of these contracts. With With no increase in salary cap? Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. That's, I didn't think of that. Yeah. That's worse. Um, no compliance buyouts are going to happen. It's, it's, it's rough, but if there's one team that's going to navigate it, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Yes, just, just, just to speak on, just to quickly, um, Roby the Islands not, is going to become more than just an Island. Might become, might become a country. Yeah. Might become a fully functioning team by that point. So, over the past few days, Tampa Bay have re-signed Jan Ruta, Eric Serdak, Matthew Joseph, and Alexander Volkov. And we all wondered, all right, cool. So, how in the world are you, and the question we've been asking, how are you going to do Anthony Sorelli? Well, magic, magic. when a player who is two years removed from an MVP goes down with a hip injury like Nikita Kucherov is and will miss the entirety of the season, uh, that's how. Uh, we found out today... Tampa Bay Lightning GM Julian Breezewalk confirmed that uh, Kucherov will not play in the regular season with an injury. And coincidentally, not long afterwards, a report came out that they are finalizing a deal with one of the best two-way centermen in the league, Anthony Sorelli. Now, Fourth in Selkie voting. We will make it clear right now. We are not saying Tampa Bay went out to Kucherov and said, you're sitting out the season because the guy had 120 points a few years ago. And yeah. knowing Stamkos' history, they could be out without the both of them. I know Stamkos is set to be ready for the season, but it's Stamkos. Um, so right. that, we're going to throw that out the way. Um, and not to mention the division they're in. I think Tampa are going to be fine. And in where we have so many back-to-backs and so many single-day breaks, Tampa Bay are going to have a fresh Nikita Kucherov for the playoffs. And it is terrifying. Yeah. They did it. They did it. We don't know how they were going to do it, but they did it. How does he keep getting away with it? Magic. Magic. Not the Orlando Magic, literal magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not Magic Johnson. References? Not Magic Johnson. Okay. <laughs> not. Uh, I don't know. Is there any other magic I'm missing? Kareem, um, 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 magic, what? magic beans. Magic was, beans, not magic beans from. Um, Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, Harry, you're a magician not or you're a wizard. The, no, what am I saying? Not, no, I got not, the reference wrong. Not, not Harry the magic Potter. School bus. Not yeah. the magic school bus either. What I don't know. Um, He's doing something. I can't figure it out. Plus the fact that he's been able to get these guys. Like, you imagine if we were playing GM mode and we put someone like Tyler Johnson on waivers. Someone would claim him. He would demand a trade. trade. Yeah, like Dennis Gurionov did in our test run, (laughs) bastard. Um, 
we okay in Toronto, we seem to think uh, Brandon Pridham is top of the top with salary cap manipulation. And I bet he's great. I yeah. bet he's fantastic. Helped write it. You think he's a nice he guy? He helped write it. He's a nice guy. Great yeah, guy. Okay. I don't know who they have in Tampa Bay or what's I'm, going I'm, on in Tampa. I'm checking. I'm checking. Above. Above Brandon Pridham because they've ma- managed to figure it out. Like, we thought Toronto, in my opinion, I thought Toronto was going to have a horrendous issue trying to figure out how to deal with this. They're, Tampa Bay is in a whole heap of garbage trying to figure this out. And and it's not going to get any better. No. Like, the salary cap's not going up. The And they still have these guys who are very good players. Like, let's not forget Tyler Johnson, Yanni Gord, Andre Palat, Alex Kalorn. These guys are good players. But, man, that cap hit is screwing them. A lot of loyalty signings there. Um, The one thing I think about is amazing, by the way, for them. You know, we'll just cherish this moment now and just look at the fact that they were able to kind of get through this where, you know, this was the biggest story of – the Stanley cup finals about what they're going to do afterwards. You know, this reminded me of the Blackhawks when they won 2010 and, you know, they went on a shopping spree. Well, not really shopping spree. They just sold off half their team to get under the cap. And I thought that was going to be the same reality too. But what I kind of think about is like, and maybe this is a cynical view, but like what's going to happen the next time, you know, this happens or the next time where these things start to pile up, you know, when, you know, suddenly we can't put someone like a cap hit, of Nikita Kucherov on IR. No. Um, by the way, the these are some of the management members of um, the executive staff of Tampa Bay. You have J.P. Cote, or maybe it's Cote, who is the director of player development. Director of hockey ops is Matthew Dash, Dashe maybe? Uh, that might be the guy, because then you have player personnel, amateur scouting, director of player development. That, or it's Julian Breesbaugh, who, let us not forget... Form the guy who ran the Hamilton Bulldogs when they won the Calder Cup, aka when he used to work for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. Mm. God damn it, guy is French too. God, they would have loved. They are geniuses. That's all I can say. Gosh, why mm. is Mike? Needs- and also yeah. too, like I'm astounded the fact that they they got these players to not really like to buy into this. They're like, listen, you know we're in a bind. We want to win. We know you're a young guy and, you know, they're still giving them these contracts where, you know, really like anyone could have like, you know, remember we had that idea that we thought people were going to offer sheet them. And oh, yeah. we were looking at those insane numbers. Then oh. we forgot the NHL is boring. So three points. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Three point. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. So I was going to say 3.7 for Grandland, 1.7 for Howla. Put that together. Tampa Bay. We're going to be in trouble. But no, uh, you're right. They're boring. And David Poyle, I wonder when he goes, because he has been in that role for a very long time. At if they miss point, the playoffs this year. That's my maybe. guess, my prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say they are six, almost $7 million over the cap. That is with Nikita Kucherov on IR. Okay, funny story here. Alex, have you, or Daniel, have you guys listened to the new episode of 31 Thoughts yet? Not yet. Not yet. I am so behind on podcasts. So they were talking about Jeff Merrick, Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet, 
Elliot Friedman, one of the most well-connected men in hockey. So he, Friedman right mentioned something really, really funny. Like to my shoes, remember that, Alex? Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said that there was whispers that there was going to be a trade between Tampa and Detroit. Get ready for this. Detroit, obviously, would take Tyler Johnson. And do you know what Tampa Bay would have taken back or will take back if this supposed trade happens? The dead contract of Henrik Zetterberg. Wow. (laughs) Which I heard that and I could not stop laughing. Because of course Iserman is going to pull this stuff. Wait, wait. Is he still on the books? I'm double checking, but that's what Freeman's saying. I mean, I believe him. I didn't even. One more year at 6.083. Oh, my God. $6 million. Yeah, one more year. I did not know that. That makes yeah. sense. He's still in the NHL game. He's on. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. After one year. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, yep. That's how they're going to pull it off. Um, Our boy's about, still in the game, technically. Yeah. How about we actually wait and do the taxi squad so we can actually get some good thought into it instead of just All coming right. up. Um, oh, I already came up with mine. Yeah, but that's okay. Just, okay, we'll it's hold okay. Up. We'll hold it's okay. It's um, okay. We're too excited. Maybe... We'll 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 spread out the content. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And our episode on Sunday, we can now we can devote the rest of the week for getting ready for the World Juniors. Yeah. And then we can do a nice deep dive after all these pre-tournament games are done. Plus, mm-hmm. then Canada will have had their their game against Germany, so we can do that. So okay. if you're looking forward to that, watch next episode. Thank you for everyone in the Twitch chat who has decided to come out today. We really appreciate it and sticking with us. Um, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas, New Year's, or any sort of holiday that you're celebrating right now. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all appreciate it. We all love this time of year, don't we? Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you're in line at the Tim Hortons, offer to pay for the person behind you. I don't know. Um, is this that, another product placement? No, it's not. You didn't I say wish. McDonald's or Starbucks well, or just, Dunkin' Donuts. Daniel. Um, it's one nothing Canada, by the way. That's good. I think it was Drysdale because Mike texted us saying our Drysdale, boy. your boy. Um, it, no, for this tournament, he's our boy. Okay. <laughs> I do right. enjoy Jamie Drysdale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Are we done? Is that all you have for hockey? That's everything, yeah. Because there is one thing we still haven't brought up on this podcast. What's that? I sent it at one thirty in the morning because I remembered. <laughs> I'm going to need you to... Sergio Perez has signed with Red Bull Racing. Oh, don't give me and that. And I am so don't happy. Don't give me that. That guy deserves... Oh. Okay. I Farewell, so... Max Verstappen. I know it was kind of hard Stop that they had to make it. this Stop decision, it. but Stop it. you know, I was surprised by it too. Listen, I'm I'm all for Alex Albon, and I think he, he will one day be a great driver, hopefully mm-hmm. for the Red, for the, in the Red Bull seat. At the moment, in my opinion, Red Bull needs a consistent driver who is consistent. And I don't think Alex Albon was that. Like, we gave, they gave Pierre Gasly so much crap. And, the, and Alex Albon did the – like, if you – He got more time, too. Did he Albon. got – yeah, he and Alex Albon got a season and a half. Like – his first half, the back half of the 19 season, I think Albon was pretty good in the in the Red Bull seat, and and Pierre Gasly was pretty good in the Alpha Tauri. And mm. this year, 
I I think Pierre Gasly had a better season than Alex Albon. Nearly, I don't know. points. I, yeah, like I, I don't necessarily think it should like if you just looked at the points, but I think if you look at his performances, I think Pierre Gasly had a better season. Yeah. And, no, and well, what I mean, sorry, is like because like Albon is so clearly in better machinery. Yeah. And like the fact that that Pierre was almost there is incredible. Yeah, and I really, I'm, I really think Perez can do what if. I think, and I think I've said this on the podcast, if this season will truly show what the issue is with the Red Bull car, the second car, mm-hmm. is it the car, or have they, or is it their academy? Are you saying it's is it man or machine? The all yeah. man and machine. Well, because. If it's the because it's going to be extremely suited to Max Verstappen, that's yeah. just that's just the reality. The cars, that's how it's going to be. That's the improvements they're going to make based on his recommendations. But you're not going to find another Max Verstappen, right? It's going to be very difficult to find that. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to have to sit in that car, and I really think Sergio Perez can do wonders, especially going into the last season with no restrict, no cap restrictions. Yeah. Um, Before we go, Adam, sorry, would yeah. you like to give your thoughts on this? Because I just like to give a farewell to Alex Albon, not Alex here. Yeah. But yes, um, we'll go first. Yeah, I mean, Mister Around the Outside is what they call. Sorry, let me get closer back to the mic. Um, what they call Alex Albon was Mister Around the Outside. He is a fun driver to watch. Uh, he's a he seems like a very genuine person, and I really do wish that he can get back into that seat. Um, I really do, or or just back in Formula One outside of the realms of a test drive or a reserve driver, which he'll be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I really am. Though at the same time, it was criminal that Sergio was not going to have a seat after winning the second last race, having a few podiums, getting robbed of a few podiums because of either his engine blowing out or because of a, a blown strategy call in Mula. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him at the same time. Um, and it's going to be a fun race to watch next year or f- you know, for the Constructors title. And the fact that if Sergio really wants, he finally has a good chance of going for the driver's title. I mean, Mercedes are probably going to kill it again, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy for Sergio. I'm happy for Red Bull. And I'm I'm gutted for Albon because he has too much talent not to have a seat. Meanwhile, Nikita Mazman does have one and he is go on Twitter and see and see what's trending right now and see how Mazabin just has no right. The Russians have tied it up. It's not even that good. Oh no. They have not. Never mind. Uh, Okay. They have not. (laughs) Go go ahead, Daniel. All right. To Alex Albon, you know, the two things that really kind of stuck out to me was number one, the fact that there was an Asian driver in formula one, that was something I latched onto so much. And when they did that whole thing in drive to survive of his background and everything about, you know, he's such a dedicated Buddhist. Um, he drives a Honda Civic Type R. You know, he was a guy already to me that I like, I got to cheer for this guy. And, you know, through the highs and many lows of his time with the Red Bull, you know, I, I felt it. I felt I, 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 I still went for it. You know, I thought it thought of thought of it as a rebuild in a way where despite, you know, the downs, there were many of those. You still go for the guy. And 
I I was cheering for him. I know that you know he kind of had a longer leash than Pierre Gasly, which you know his segment, by the way, kind of gutted me in Drive to Survive when they talked about his parents showing all the memorabilia from his childhood of oh he's been so passionate about this forever, and then that right after that episode they dropped him. Just so, watch the Monza episode when season three comes out, and we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But other than that, like, yeah, I love, I love that Alex Aubon was there. But I think such a talented driver. You know, he had a bit a few mistakes here and there. You know, he didn't really push as much as I wanted him to for these tournaments, but or for these races. But I think he'll be back. He will be back. Hey, just be better on the Saturday. And it's going to go miles for him, honestly. That's why he needed yeah. more boring races of just being up there. Um, all right. So prospect think... in the system. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly. everything, guy. That is everything. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the stream, again, thank you for coming out and dealing with the technical difficulties, everyone. Um, be sure to check out the show's YouTube channel for a visual expo. Well, I guess you actually do see the visual experience on <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, you know, with our great backgrounds yeah uh, you love to see it be sure to check out the podcast and wherever you do listen to your podcast if it's on spotify that follow if it's on itunes or sorry apple podcast do the same thing and leave the star the show sorry a five star review i uh, think you the voice that is always for being a fantastic platform for the show uh we do not like you rogers because your internet is subpar right now go bell and unless it's for a job in the future, which I'd be gladly and blessed if we're for any company that's watching. I was going to say, I was about to say something. Let's not um, get cut off from Sportsnet. Check out Daniel's, all his work and his writings for various sources. Um, hopefully soon we can Always. figure out where you're going next semester. Mention that. Check out. Maybe, maybe we'll have Will Baldwin on the show to announce it. I don't we know. should do that. That at some would point. be so funny. Yeah, um, let's do check it. out my YouTube channel for your Habs needs. Again, Alex blog. And I believe that is everything. It is. Thank you guys. Right. Thank you for coming out. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All the holidays. <laughs>